Hi guys, this is something we haven't done before, but before we get into today's episode, which we recorded last week, we just wanted to put a little message at the top. We never plan our conversations before we record. No. <laughs> um, we sort of just sit down and start talking. And we always want our conversations to remain as unfiltered as possible. Yes. But some things did come to light in the last few days in the news, which actually correlates with what we got into. Yeah, we recorded this the day before Christian Porter self-identified as the accused in the current historical rape case that's flooding the news here in Australia at the moment. And the thing is, is we do talk about all boys' schools and the cultures within those institutions. And... We had some live real-time epiphanies and some things came up for us that upon reflection have made us really quite mad. Yeah, madder than we sound when we're unpacking it in the episode, I think because we were having these thoughts in real time. And we don't outline any specific sexual assault experiences, but we do get into some stuff that we experienced as teenagers that is undeniably immoral, disrespectful and shameful behaviour by boys towards girls. So... So with that in mind, we just want to put a trigger warning specifically for discussion around bullying and sexual assault at the top here in case this content could dredge up anything for survivors. And we also should say that we live and were raised in Sydney, and this is a very Sydney-centric chat about elite boys' schools specifically, but we think it speaks to a larger systemic issues that we're all facing as women globally. But again, we can only really speak from our own experiences and point of view. So... Here is our episode for this week, International Women's Week. It's not the roller coaster that you often get from us, but then isn't that parenting and being a woman in this world? Well, I mean, some days you're rolling on the floor laughing with your girlfriends and then the next you want to burn the system down. Happy International Women's Week. <laughs> we love you, women of the world. A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do. But we'd rather chat to you With emails and meetings and husbands and kids We don't have time for this Just what you need Two basic bitches with a podcast Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This I'm your host Gemma Pranita aka Gemma Peanut on the gram Along with my co-host Kate Not Revs because... I just learned it's this dirty, sticky nightclub in Melbourne. One I used to frequent. You did? Back in my neighbor's days. No way. Yeah, it was the club that you went to after the club you originally went to closed. <laughs> this is what I'm hearing is that everyone jumps in a cab and someone goes, reps, and everyone goes, yes, and then you regret it the next day. 100%. And the floor is so sticky. Oh, and then someone else DM'd from the UK and said, oh, it's also short for a club here called Revolution, and it's the same vibe. Oh, God. So thanks for my dirty, sticky nickname. It's okay. You're rebranding yourself. As? Rebsity doo da Rebsity day right. You're now fired from giving me nicknames. <laughs> Rebs, you dirty dog. Look, we did learn a few things this week from when I took over the Instagram. <laughs> Just went rogue on a cheeky Saturday. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, you know what? I really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, babe. I found it quite insightful. <laughs> I feel like I know you quite well, but I was like, oh, there's her worldview on that. Dear listeners, we are in the thick of a bit of a debate, though. Revs wants to change the jingle. No, 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 no. no. I don't want to change it. I want to do a better version of it. The people 
love the jingle as it is. It's too lo-fi. I don't know. I just feel we can do better. We can up the production value. I completely disagree. (sighs) Why? You know what? Less is more. Minimalist jingle. It's fine. It's pared back. Minimalism is lovely in interior design. I'm so glad you have a zen living and working space in your life. But when it comes to audio production, let's get some production value up in here. So what, are you imagining like a brass section? Yes, I'm imagining a big band. We know enough people to make this a reality. It's almost (gasps) selfish for us to keep this from our dear listeners. But selfishly, I'm really tired. (laughs) (laughs) Look, this is not a good time for me to bring this up with you because you are thick in a lot of work at the moment. You did not read the room. When Rev suggested this to me, I was like, what time do you have up your sleeve, girl? I don't know. I just really want to do this. Okay. I think we should put it to a vote. I'm going to put a poll on the gram. Wait, wait, which gram? Because if it's on your one, I feel like that skews against me. No, we can do the we don't have time for this gram fam. Fair. And we'll ask, do you like the jingle as it currently is? Or would you like to see like the high production Hollywood version? Do you know what else I learned this week? What? Bitches love a beauty reco. Oh, yeah, they do. You're not wrong. Can you just lean in and accept it? I can and I can't. Okay, talk it up. This is new revs. (laughs) This beauty expert mask. I'm not an expert and it's not a mask. I'm just into it. But our dear listeners are drinking your Kool-Aid as if you are an expert in the field. It's all BS. Like you just work for a beauty magazine and you have only been working there for the last nine months. (laughs) And when I look at Rev's prior, she didn't know shit about beauty. That's why I'm such a good source because I was a blank slate. I've got skin just like the next person. And now I know. What to put on it? Dear listener, Revs is such a fucking chameleon. We already know how much she changes her hair colour, but even her wardrobe has changed. No, it has. You've become like uber sophisticat and I can't deal with it. Well, I have to go into the office now. If you had to go into an office, you would have to like put shoes on and maybe like fill in your eyebrows. Nah, don't have time for that. <laughs> don't have time for that. This is just spoken by someone who works for themselves from home. I'm a slob from way back. Yeah, you are. So just enough with the shade on my, frankly, fucking chic exterior these days. Anyway, we need to get you a Botox. Yes! Oh, so you're into that. Yeah. <laughs> Who isn't? You don't want the beauty, you want the beauty. The problem is, is that it's like you're hammering it. <laughs> Every single week is a beauty record. Oh my God, just as much as you're hammering your whimsical palette of beautiful children's goods. At least I'm offering variety. Are you though? How many sandstone pairs of sandals can one own? You know? Oh look, it comes in a matching plate. (laughs) Anyway, something really exciting happened to me on the weekend. Ooh, pray tell. And it's all I want to talk about. Yeah, spill. We attempted something we have not attempted since Teddy was in a pram. Sex? <laughs> Did you feel inspired by last week's episode? Oh my god. Everyone felt that. Yeah. Everyone felt it. We have heard from everyone. I'm not going to lie, guys. The DMs were a landslide. Yeah. It was it made us feel really seen. It sure did. So thank you to everyone who is also living in a drought. Yeah, and we heard from lots of same-sex couples as well saying, "Yeah, we kind of got it right. Like <laughs> two women in a relationship, you just chill until you both want it." Anyway, no. So, we didn't attempt sex. We attempted going out for dinner shut the front door with the children i i know 
I, I, I just find it really hard to believe. I know. We went out at 5 p.m. We went to a pizza place. Super Smart. casual. They had outdoor seating. So we were out the front. We weren't disturbing anyone. Which pizza place? Davida's. Oh, Davida's are great because they have kids crayons, right? And a kid's menu with like quirky Mickey Mouse shaped pizza. Dream. Yeah. All the kids wanted to know was, can they have lemonade? Ovi. Because they have recently had their first taste of lemonade and now they're like crack addicts. They're like, <laughs> will there be lemonade? Will there be lemonade there? And that's all they wanted. And I said, yes, there'll be lemonade if you're good. Yeah. Bribery tool. <laughs> Loading up all the bribes ahead of time. We took like a game that they like called Spot It, which is like this little card game. They were so good. Like so good it was sus for a while. I was like, this this can't last. This is gonna end badly. I'm gonna pay for this good behavior. So wait, wait, wait. so you and Gray were mm-hmm. actually able to have conversation? Oh. Well, hmm. Did we have conversation? We did. We had a bit of conversation with the kids as well. Aww. So we've we've started doing this little thing where it's like, what was the best part of your day? And then like what Oh my the... god, you're such a Kardashian. Do no. you do the peak and pit thing? No. What was the peak of your day and what was the pit of your day? Oh my god, Bible. No, we didn't do that. <laughs> We didn't do that. Um, we just said, what was the best part of your day? Because it's like a little bit of conversation they can handle. Yeah. I feel like it's like start a conversation. It's about them. That's all they want to talk about. So they could each say, oh, my favorite bit was this party I went to. Or my favorite bit was when daddy took me for a scoot or whatever. They were so sweet and so good. They ate all their dinner. And then we were like out of there by 6.30, walked to go ice cream, walked along the beach. Beautiful evening. I'm seriously shook. Like, I am just not brave enough to try Oh, it. don't try it yet. No, you're nowhere near this luscious part of life that I've arrived in. <laughs> For any new dear listeners joining in, Teddy is three turning four and Isla is six turning seven. Just yeah. to give you a little glimmer of hope that if you're deep in the trenches of early, early kidhood, it's not that far away yeah it's not because teddy's four in may i think i saw on his swimming thing the other day he's 3.9 years old <laughs> <laughs> 3. 9. and isla is six and a half so. yeah um yeah and they were i mean isla has always been able to go out like she's come to long lunches with us when she, she was like two and she was fine but teddy no never 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 anyway now he can. So we got so high on it that we went out for breakfast the next morning. Stop it. And then dinner again that next night. Wait, wait, and were they equally as yes, good? Yes, they're like into it now. So you're like into this new flow of life now where restaurants can be a real thing. Yes, and it just breaks up that Groundhog Day thing. Yes. And like I had my wine, which I clung to because I was just scared it was all going to fall to shit any minute, but it didn't. And then the best part is you come home, brush teeth, straight to bed, no cleaning up. Oh, best. And then onto the couch, watch your Netflix. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, see, I'm quite envious because my oh, kids you are... should be. Because I've noticed lately that my kids are bored of the dinnertime repertoire mm. and I don't have the creative stores to, like, come up with new meal plans. Oh, they're bored of their dinner. Yeah. Oh, what do you give them? Well, just the same shit. Like, I'd be bored too if I was eating what I was dishing up for them. Oh, my God. Isla ate the same dinner for a calendar year. She had chicken tenderloins... Broccoli, carrots, and rice for like I feel like it was a year every single night. You've just inspired my next dinner to give the kids. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, like literally, she had that every night because we had Teddy was new, and I just I same didn't have the imagination to come up with anything else. It was either bolognese or the chicken tenderloins dinner. I know we talk a lot about things that trigger us on the ground. <laughs> It seems I get triggered by a lot of things because once again, it's just a mirror that is held up to reflect back on how shit I am as a parent. 
But there's this trend at the moment of sharing your lunchbox. Oh, babe, this trend's been around for a long time. You're just arriving. Oh, You're I'm... just at that stage and stage. I hate it. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. hate it. I don't want to see what fancy schmancy, organic-y, homemade Perfectly rolled. Whatever it is. Perfectly cut. <laughs> I can't. I also would love to see a before and after of the lunchbox. Like, it all looks so dreamy when it's freshly cut and put into the pretty clean lunchbox. I want to see it be pulled out of the bottom of the school bag where there's strawberry juice that's leaked into the freaking half-eaten tortilla that's, like, smushed into the rice that's got a squishy banana. Like, show me that lunchbox. Agreed. I should pull out Isla's lunchbox from today oh. and show you. It's a, it's, a, it's a crime scene. Oh, my God. Iggy's lunchbox got left in his daycare bag <gasps> over the weekend. <laughs> it was it was a culture. Yeah, it would be an ecosystem. There was a colony. <laughs> there were characters. It was so effed up. Little Dr. Seuss character is like, we're down here. We're down here. Save us. <laughs> and I railed on my husband. I was like, babe. And he was like, that's not my job. I was like, that's not my job. Throw mud, throw mud. So we were like a couple of apes just like hating on each other over the freaking school lunchbox. And the other thing is, because my kids are at an age with daycare where they get super messy that you have to provide spare clothes, is the daycares whack the dirty clothes in, in a plastic, plastic bag. bag. And, and it then, gets hot and sweaty and all those stains bake into your beautiful clothes. <laughs> yes, and yeah. one of Iggy's tops, again, grew a colony, <laughs> had to throw it out, stupidly put it in the washing machine. Okay, babe, that's your Byron-style homemade yogurt. Just slick that into the lunchbox for the next day. Oh, my God, kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> Fermented clothes. <laughs> I know we lost many an outfit to mold. Yes, yeah, in the first few years of daycare, because same thing, they'll be painting whatever, or they'll have a poo accident, and they'll just like whip it off and chuck it in a plastic bag, and then it just gets hot and sweaty in there. It's gross. I've got a question for you. Okay. So I know Isla's at an age now where she can go on play dates independently. Mm-hmm. Like you just drop her off, and you're like, "Have fun at Elsa's house." Yeah. So this means you must have Elsa as well, yeah. right? Yeah, we have her friends all the time. So have you ever been confronted with a situation where your daughter's friend is acting up? Oh. Like just behaving badly. Like, are you allowed to discipline that behavior? Mm, I wouldn't. But what if they're being like? obnoxious in public and irritating people in public yeah so i witnessed this This feels like this comes from somewhere (laughs) i witnessed this recently where we're having dinner at freshy mex and there are a couple of girls i couldn't tell you what age they are maybe seven or eight and you could tell that they were on a play date and one of the kids was just going absolutely bonkers doing handstands, cartwheels and like climbing. So we were sitting outside, but like climbing the street sign that was, yeah, using it like a jungle gym. Yeah. And it was really disruptive. I could tell that the person supervising wasn't the mum of that kid. Oh, right. It was like a rogue play date that was along with the family. Yeah. Oh, man. I think you just got to kind of like suffer through it and then go, cool, we'll never have Sally over again. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, probably. I've got, look, I've got to say, like, I have favorites of Isla's friends who I'm like, let's get Poppy over for a play date. Let's have Elsa around tonight because I just know they're cool and easy. Yeah. Like, I definitely play favorites. And I have had 
Isla say, oh, can I have blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm, yeah, sure. I'll text the mum. Oh, I haven't heard back. <laughs> like, I, I do a lot of that because I'm like, oh, I just don't want to deal with that kid. No, I get that. But I love a play date on the weekend because it means Isla is occupied and happy and having a great day, but we don't have to go anywhere or do an activity or like schlep to any place. We just have the friend over. All I've got to do is feed them, keep an eye on them, but they like play on their own independently. That's why it's almost easier to look after yes. a kid with their mate yeah. than it is to look after one child singularly. Yeah, if I have to hear, I'm bored. And I've tried the whole, like, only boring people get bored thing. And they're like, what? <laughs> Give me my screen. <laughs> you know, so having a Play-Doh over is awesome because there's no screen time and they just sort of entertain each other. But yeah, no, I'm very choosy on who that person is. Do you ever freak out about Isla going to someone else's house and maybe not behaving so well? Do you know what? This is going to sound real smug, but no, because she's a delight. What you say? She is, but <laughs> you do. I bet you so-and-so who's a little shitbag's mum doesn't think that they're being disruptive. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes you meet a mum who's like, oh, yeah, would you please take her? Yeah, please take her off my hands. And you're like, oh, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> but then you're also like, oh, do I have to? The worst part is if you're on holiday and kids make friends like in the pool or whatever or in like a common space and then that kid tries to like drift home with you, (laughs) kind of imprints on your family and you're like, where's this kid's parent? Like I'm about to feed my kids lunch and I don't have enough for this ring in. (laughs) That's the worst. That happened to us recently. Oh no. What did you do? I was like, where's your (laughs) mum? Like went and stood out in the common space, like with my hands on my hips, looking around pointedly. Like, can someone take their child back? And this kid was really rude. And she's like, before I go, I want a sausage. And I was like, oh, my God. And did you give in? No, I was like, I think it's time to find your mum. Actually, I don't know. I tried to use it as like a Isla. See, this behavior doesn't go down well. Like you can't be like this in other people's homes. Well done. You twisted it into a lesson. I try. Yeah, I'm, I try and be quite open with Isla about like, that wasn't cool, was it? Like that behavior wasn't nice. Don't do that when you're with other people. So good. Yeah. No, Isla's pretty dreamy. She can get um, excited and then be a bit show-offy, which I know from experience from when I was an excited show-offy kid can lead to saying dumb stuff or just being a bit of a show pony. Mm. So that's probably going to be her challenge. It's hard, isn't it, at that age that she's entering because they've kind of lost all their cute. Yeah, yeah. If you know they, what I mean? Yes. It's not like a two-year-old yeah. where it's like, oh, you're kind of obnoxious and facetious, but I'll let it slide because you look so dang cute as a toddler. Yeah. But then an eight, nine, ten-year-old, it's like, nah, you're kind of irritating. Yeah, you're being a real dick little <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah, Isla recently had a moment where she was a bit too showy and then later was like, I don't know why I was like that. And I was like, hey, that's good. It's good to look back and be like, ah, I wasn't at my best. <laughs> but it's like her first experience of like, oh, figuring out how to be social, I guess. It's kind of sad though when they get that awareness. They're no longer innocent anymore. I, I definitely feel like we're moving into a phase with Isla where it's like, oh, she's going to be so more self-aware. She's going to have to learn all these lessons. And yeah, it's, it's my, my baby is kind of slipping away from me. But... Then sometimes she's just such a little person again. Yeah. Kind of got one foot in each camp. Yeah, she does. Yeah. I mean, my little baby is coming home saying things like, Mummy, you're smelly. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, that's definitely daycare. <laughs> that, that is schoolyard banter if ever I saw it. And it's so annoying. Like she's suddenly all into the poos and the oh, farts. And I'm yeah. like, how long does this stage last? I know. I feel like every daycare must have a little comedian who's like, hey, I got this bit. I got this bit. You ready? Poo! <laughs> and they're all like, ha 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 And then they bring it home. Teddy thinks anything with poo is funny. Oh, 
He's like, mummy, you're a boo. Ah! <laughs> I just think it's so hilarious. Oh, I, I want her to move through it so quickly. I can't even yeah. begin to tell you. Because even her grandparents, she's like, you're smelly. I'm like, no, this is just not cool behavior. <laughs> just stop. And like I said, she's starting to lose her cue. No, she's not. She is. She's not. She can't get she's away. She's like a walking cartoon character with those <laughs> curly little blonde pigtails. Are you kidding? She's so cute. She's never going to lose her cute. This is the problem with Raph. She can get away with too much. Yeah, I, I have this fear with Teddy. I had to say to his daycare teachers once in Scotland, actually, because they were like, oh, my God, Teddy was like pushing us over and being like, you stink. And I was like, no, no, no. Just because he looks cute. Like, you have to treat him like you would treat any kid. Like, I have to ask them to discipline him harder. I'm sorry, but I have to stop us. We sound like such humble brags. We're like, oh, my God, my kid is so cute that their daycare teachers won't discipline them. Well, it didn't happen to Isla, did it? It's like these cute little blonde ones. They have a little spell over people. Gross. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. I don't want this for them because we don't want them to be the dickheads. No, I know. That's my fear that Raph becomes some sort of bully Mm. and I come down hard on that shit. We just don't tolerate unkind behavior. Yeah, not cool. But it's hard because we almost feel like Raph's daycare aren't strict enough. Yeah. We want them to be firmer with her. Yeah. Anyway, that stuff is really done in the home. True, true. That kind of like worldview values stuff is done in the home. I have to hope so because we're working really hard yeah, at it. Just constantly pointing out when something's kind. <laughs> I knew some parents once and their kids, I gotta say, they had this son that was a right cock. Like he was such a dickhead and he was quite awful to Isla actually. And she was just constantly going, oh, yes, that's very good. That's so kind. And I was like, yeah, you tell him it's not going in. <laughs> it is not going in. Uh. Okay, so do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for, Revzy? Working out what I'm going to do with my not quite ready for school, but outgrown from daycare child next year. He's going to be five in May. Yep. School starts in Feb. So he would be four turning five. For me, too young and I want to hold him back. But... He has been in daycare since he was nine months old and he's definitely outgrown it. Like he's done all he can do. So I'm just wondering what I'm supposed to do with him next year. But then I dipped my toe into asking a few people, like, what do I do with him for the year? And then I've suddenly uncovered this whole world of parents who take this really seriously and like, oh, okay, so you need him in a school readiness program. The best one is in Seaforth and it's a really long waiting list. So you need to call Jeanette. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This doesn't ever vibe with me when there's like a really intense. Do you know what's weird about this is that even though Raph is a year younger than Teddy, I'm already a step ahead of you on this. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh I've my already... God, tell me what well, to do. Well, I, I can't tell you what to do, but the good mum told me what to do Amazing. so I can impart that to you. Tell me. But she was all over the school readiness program. Wait, so is this preschool? Yes. Like community preschool? Yes. That's free? Yes. Yes, but you have to be on the waiting list since they're t- from when they're two. Yeah, and Raph is two. Well, great for you, but Teddy's 3.9. Oh, yeah, that's tricky. <laughs> I'm too late. It's going to have to be private. Ooh, okay. Do I keep him where he is and just load him up with extracurricular? But hang on, isn't daycare longer hours than school readiness? Because this is the thing I'm struggling with. Yes, I've put Rafa on the wait list, but I'm kind of 
semi-hoping that she doesn't get accepted because the hours are so short. Yeah, it's school hours. Yeah, it's 9 till 3, which is utter BS. Like, I need to be working all the way through to 5 p.m. What the hell do you do with all that additional time? I know. Well, there are private daycares that have school readiness programs, one that will take them from 8 till 6. And then they have these rooms for, I guess, people in Teddy's scenario where they're too young for school but too old to be in the kangaroo room, like playing with sand. This is doing my head in already. Isn't daycare getting them ready for school? Yes, to a point. But like if Teddy's been there since he was nine months old, so he's going to be going on his fourth year at daycare. Can't walk around doing water play and making butterfly paintings again. What's wrong with that? It's fine until you're four or whatever. But after that, it's a bit like he's going to start acting out because he's going to be bored. Are you just a victim of the system, though, that's like, you need to get your kid school ready before oh. they start school. Oh, yeah, no, I They don't need to think... know their alphabet and no. their colours and their numbers and how to spell and do Cumon, like, extracurricular oh, no, 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 definitely not. Like, Dear listeners, Revs is actually a closet tiger mum. Imagine. <laughs> well, i got to say, Isla did know her alphabet, could read a little bit, had started reading eggs, could write her name, you know, could hold a pen properly. Humble brag. Humble brag. Congratulations, me but Teddy can't even hold a pen (laughs) he could not go into a classroom I know there's still a whole year to go pretty much until the the new school year he can't hold a pen he can't he holds a pen like he's drunk oh my dear godson I love you to pieces (laughs) but let's Look, we can go back to the gender debate, but Isla and Rafa are the cliched girls who are straight out of the gates, keen to learn and do everything, which we already discussed. Iggy's like dirty. I mean, Iggy's got no words. He's nearly 14 months. Yeah. And he's oh, not yeah. even... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Forget he's 14 months because he acts like he's six months. Legit. <laughs> Still working on mama and dada. Like... like when he claps along to a song, I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, oh no, no. He that, should... that, that feels pretty appropriate. <laughs> so back to Teddy. Yes. I just feel like he's going to go crazy if he has to stay in the kangaroo room, hang out with the same seven kids and do the same activities for Are another you sure? year. I mean, it sounds like he might really love it. If he can't hold a pen, like maybe, <laughs> maybe he's just not ready to start learning to scribe the alphabet. He can point out a T for Teddy. And I'm trying to get him to learn the E-D-D-Y, not difficult. And he's like, how do you spell your name, mate? Like every day. T- and he goes, why? I'm like, no, no, you missed like the whole middle section. <laughs> but he's not going to learn this in the same daycare where he is now. I think he needs to go to like, no, I'm hearing myself. It, it, no, <laughs> to me, it sounds like you've got your answer. Yeah, but how do I get into these places? I have no idea. Oh my God. Why is it so competitive? I don't know. I'm terrified of the whole school age and stage of life. I don't even know what school to send my kids. And this is a weird thing. So my husband was hell bent on Iggy going to his school. Yeah. Because he's got this weird, like, all boys school pride. Yeah. But this is the contradictory thing about my husband. So, on one hand, he's like, yeah, Iggy's going to my school. <laughs> Enough said. But. We've now moved to a suburb that's quite a drive from my husband's old school. And my husband lives in a bubble in the Northern Beaches. (laughs) Does he ever? He will never leave. You will have to scrape him off his surfboard to get him in a car to leave our suburb. He's that guy. You realise he's that insular peninsula dude. It's gross, but I love him. But it's gross. (laughs) But now my hubs is like, oh, my school's really far away. And I'm like, yeah, babe enjoy that commute yeah and not only that if Iggy goes to that school then he 
will make friends with kids who live local to that area. And then we'll be spending all of our weekends driving to kids' school parties that are like an hour away from our house. In Saturday sport traffic. Exactly. Saturday sport traffic. Like that's a whole other thing. So I'm quite excited because my hubs is kind of reconsidering to a school that's more local. This blows my mind because if I know anything about your hubs he is hardcore school pride like I'm surprised he doesn't have the emblem tattooed on his butt he's so into it like he called up Rafa's school within half an hour of her being born to get her on the waiting list for that school right yeah like he has had these schools picked out like probably before your first date it's gross it's that school click and yeah it's becoming a bit old-fashioned it is old-fashioned and I'm just not a fan of it because I'm a bit of a third culture kid like I went to international school in Thailand and then I moved to Sydney and across Australia to go to university like I don't get the insular mentality of like five generations went to this school like I just think it's so gross i don't know babe you could have the peanut auditorium at your fancy school gross (laughs) gross and then there's the whole debate of whether or not iggy should go to an all-boys school like i don't know how i feel about that i know how i feel about it talk it up girl i would never send teddy to an all-boys school i agree with you but i want to hear you expand on this so just everything that's been coming out Lately with these boys' schools. And look, I should say up front a couple of things. We went to private school for high school, so we should absolutely declare our privilege there. We got to go to an all-girls high school. We had a wonderful experience and loved our school. I've got so much school pride, and yet I'm not over here waving the flag, being like, no, Rafa needs to go to my school. No, I don't feel attached to it in that way at all. Neither, and I'm super passionate about you fit the school to the kid and not the kid to the school. 100%. And I don't know what kind of kid Rafa is yet to work out what school is going to suit her. Exactly. Private school is not an option for us financially, but we do have single sex and co-ed options in our catchment. So it's still a choice to choose. Do I want him to go to a boys school or do I want him to go to a co-ed school? And are they reputable schools? Yeah, they're great schools. We're really lucky. We're in a great area. We're not religious, so it takes the Catholic schools out, but there's still tons of options. So I don't like the idea for Teddy of being with like a group of lads with that sense of entitlement. That's what I do not want for any of my kids. I want them to know everyone lives differently, that there isn't just one way to be or one version of success. And I don't want them to get up caught up in a school culture that promotes one particular vision of success. I want them to know that there are many different versions of how you can live, not one way. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I'm talking about this with such trepidation because yeah. I'm aware that we will have dear listeners who already have their kids enrolled in the system of an all-boys school. But hear me out. I firmly believe that boys need to mingle with girls because an all-boys school is not a representation of the real world. No way. Neither is an all-girls school, though. No, it isn't. And and I'm going to argue this on both sides. But I'm so passionate about boys learning to coexist with girls in a... in a day-to-day environment where women are their friends because I feel like all boys' schools breed this culture of girls are things to be conquered sexually. Yeah, play things for the weekend. Yeah, Yeah. and that's how they talk about women. And I think my husband can agree to that, that, you know, they're full of testosterone, they're teenagers. That's going to happen whether it's in a co-ed school or not. But the difference is there's that desensitization of just being in a classroom with a whole bunch of girls and being in the playground when you take the girls away 
they become this novelty thing mm. and then everything gets fixated and focused around conquering them on a weekend Ugh, like I know yuck. it's gross but like yeah. I mean you were the victim of a really sick joke of a bunch of boys at an all boys school yeah I don't know if you want to share totally fine if you don't I don't know if I've got anything to say about it okay you don't have to say yeah it's funny because I loved going to an all-girls school. I felt like I could be 100% myself in the classroom. I could ask a lot of questions and be loud and be divisive and really get into it, which I probably wouldn't have done around boys. Or maybe I would have if I'd had them around since year seven. Maybe I'd just be used to it and it wouldn't have bothered me. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's so hard to say because, look, I started out in a co-ed primary school and I will say the way that I was going, I was quite boy crazy. Oh. I was really unfocused. All I cared about was like kissing Chris Thomas (laughs) behind the library. It was all consuming for me. And then when I moved to an all girls school, that's when I started to flourish in my fields of interest because that distraction was taken away. It doesn't mean that I had lost my interest in boys, but it was more like something that I was excited about on weekends or after school. But while I was in school, I felt really supported to go and pursue all the things that I love and not feel self-conscious about the male gaze and judging me. Yes, and not having to look cool. You could just like go and kind of fail or like do something daggy. Or excel or like excel. this is yeah. a thing like yeah. in some schools it's like not cool to yeah. excel and yeah. I'm that kind of girl who loved a bad boy yeah, when I was really did. I did I loved boys that smoked and wagged school and had tattoos like oh I could tell you a story about that on another episode but I would have been that classic girl that would have played it down, mm. dimmed my sparkle, mm-hmm. you know, just to slot in and not put myself out there in anything for fear of failure or fear of being considered too much. Yeah. Whereas at an all-girls school... <laughs> we were absolutely encouraged to be too much. <laughs> we were like the personification of too much for seven years. So I feel incredibly mm. torn because I can't sit there on one hand and argue, no, I firmly believe that Iggy needs to go mm. to a co-ed school to experience being around girls. But then how can I, on the other hand, argue that I would prefer Raf to be in an all-girls school? Because basically I'm trying to echo her experience of my school experience. Yeah. And that's not necessarily how things are going to work out. But I just don't want her to feel inhibited by boys. Yeah. I feel like every choice I make with Teddy is led by, I don't want him to be a dick. So far, he's like this classically attractive boy. You know, he's got this white blonde hair and the blue eyes and the cute little smile. And he gets away with a lot. People gravitate to him. I just really don't want him to be a dickhead. I don't want him to be entitled. I don't want him to treat women badly. I mean, I'm hoping because he has an older sister and a like staunchly feminist set of parents that he won't. But I've seen what society can do to these boys when they tell them they're special. And frankly, I don't really want him to be told he's special. However, you're right. I flipped to Isla. I really want her to be told she's special. I want her to maintain her confidence. I want her to go for things. So maybe this is just all my own shit. No, it's not all your own shit because we are still fighting for our rights as women. Yes, we've come a long way. You can argue that, but there's still a long way to go. We have to overcorrect. Yeah. And that's why we have this fear about having sons that are going to be dicks. Like, I have the exact same fear. 
I don't focus much of my energy on Rafa. If anything, I spend a lot of time being like, I want her to be confident and yeah. fearless and yeah. jeer up and, and know that there is no glass ceiling and she can achieve whatever she wants. And with Iggy, I'm like... Settle down, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Back which, in your box. <laughs> which you can argue is totally an unfair, skewed, almost reverse sexist way of looking at things. Yeah. But society is still set up for that schoolboy. Oh yeah, I'm not worried about Iggy and Teddy, who are going to be white men born into relative privilege. Like, I'm not worried about them. It's just something doesn't quite gel in like having one philosophy for one kid and one philosophy for another kid, I guess. I mean, you've articulated that so well. Yeah. It is. It feels like a complete disconnect and it feels weirdly unfair, but then at the same time I'm sticking to my guns on on how I want to raise them. What if Iggy says to you one day, Mom, how come Rafa gets to go to an all-girls school but you don't want me at an all boys school like will you just say to him I didn't want you to be an untitled little prick (laughs) kind of (laughs) I think this is probably skewed because yeah we did have experiences with boys in high school where we were definitely playthings for them where we were like these props to their storyline yeah I mean I have a story that I'm happy to share and at the time I died of embarrassment but I think I just brushed it off and tried to play like I was cool about it I went to a party when I was 16 got absolutely blind drunk I passed out and this isn't like a sexual assault story or anything like that but what they did was still pretty messed up they put a sausage in my mouth took photos of me while I was passed out with a sausage in my mouth and then printed them and put them up around their school. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's totally fucked up. Yeah, that's not okay. I would be raging if someone did that to Isla. Isn't that interesting? Because I had a coping tool of like, oh, if you can't beat them, join them. So I like laughed about it with them, which then just condones their behavior in a way. I remember that really clearly. And it's funny because I don't think any of us at the time were like hang on a second that's really uncool no that didn't register for any of us at all we just went oh that sucks for you Jen I guess Ah." that's boys will be boys or whatever people say to let that kind of bullshit behavior go that's horrible and that's gotta stop yeah that boys will be boys that wouldn't fly nowadays I would I would hope not it's really uncool isn't it it is uncool and this is why the he for she movement is Mm. so important so important like women cannot wave the flag of equality alone we actually need men to want it for women absolutely but the problem is that there's still that resistance of like oh shut up you annoying loud feminist and did you read the speech made by the head boy at cranbrook to his assembly oh is this the one where he was apologizing the gist of it was women are not your playthings; they're people too with interests it just sounds so absurd absurd. do you say women are people i know i know funny because it's been widely praised it was published in the Sydney Morning Herald this speech and I don't want to shit on this particular head boy I think he was probably doing his part to contribute a male voice to this problem which is great but I was I had that reaction too I was like sorry what women have interests what is her favorite song I'm like okay if this is where we're starting I know like this is not gonna catch up by the time our sons get there this is like 
many generations are going to have to fix this. I had a different reaction to other people. This was quite widely praised. And I was like, I'm sus on this. This feels like PR for this school. Of course. Like it doesn't feel, I don't know. It just feels like if this is really where our young boys are at. They've got a long way to go. I mean, for me, that sounds like classic PR because boys schools time and time again are making headlines in the papers. They are getting a bad rap. At the moment. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Obviously we should say like not all boys. We know lots of beautiful men that came through boys schools your husband included you know I dated a boy for five years who was at a very fancy all boys school lots of our friends brothers we know they've all turned into fine upstanding feminists so I don't know like it just it just gives me pause well it makes me question if they just have to mingle with women every day for that I mean to quote that head boy like women are people too it's like well If you just spent time with them every day, learning side by side, you will realize that, yeah, they are people. I do wonder if this chat, is it really about single sex or is it a class thing, right? Like, are we talking private schools in general or are we talking just keeping boys to boys and girls to girls? Because I feel like that's maybe two different things. If you go to a private school, are you in a more elitist part of society where people have more and therefore maybe so distanced from the problems of everyday people that they have that more elitist worldview and that's what rubs off and that's what makes women play things and jobs a sure bet and a sense of entitlement to a nice life. Yeah, I 100% agree that that's where the privilege and entitlement comes from but you can't deny that male mob mentality and also has it ever benefited you that you went to a girls private school like I've never had another girl from my school get me a job interview or get me into this company or whatever it doesn't seem to work in reverse for women no but this again goes back to my point about is this system breaking down because careers are changing yeah once upon a time so like technology has obviously moved at a crazy pace like if you think about it the iPhone has been around for 12 years 12 years is nothing like 12 years ago we were introduced to the idea of an app yeah for the first time it is so integrated into our lives now we don't even think twice about when someone says oh I'm an app developer for a living but that whole schoolboy privilege goes back to when parents were looking at the prospect of their kids becoming like a lawyer or entering finance and becoming a banker or becoming a doctor like those traditional jobs they're not things that kids aspire to anymore in the UK they did a survey across the whole country do you know what the most popular career choice was for kids in school no to become a YouTuber. Oh my God, that's yeah. depressing. <laughs> I mean, that's problematic in its whole own way. But people aren't aspiring to be those things. Finance is in trouble because of AI. Exactly. That, like if a computer can do your job, you're screwed. But the same thing will happen with legal because a computer will know all of the legalities and you can just search keywords and it'll bring up. Yeah. You don't need those interns that come in to climb the ladder of becoming a barrister or whatever. They're the ones doing the shit kicker jobs behind yeah. the doors, like reading to find all the documentation about a particular law. Yeah, the AI will do that the for AI the will top f- dog. Yeah, it'll filter it for them. So, so how will people get to those top jobs that need like to discern and interpret the law and find that? Like, how will you get to those jobs? I guess there'll be a different path. 
there'll be a completely different path yeah. just as there are so many new industries now i mean as if influencing is a job now social media is something that you can now study at university and so you should it's a real career path no absolutely yeah but yeah. we have no idea with the rate and growth of technology and the changes that are happening right before our eyes we don't know what industries our kids are going to go into yeah there's going to be a multitude of options for them that we can't even conceive the idea of yet. I feel like with schools there's just so much baked in misogyny like I doubt and I'm, I'm speaking for them I don't know but I don't think my parents sent me to private school for my career prospects I don't think that really because I'm a girl do you know what I mean I feel like that is so reserved for boys private schools. I was gonna say I do think there are parents who send their sons to elite all boys private schools for the connections for the sake of their careers yeah definitely but I agree I don't think it works in the opposite at all I've just never seen a woman get a leg up because of an old school connection I just think it doesn't really work that way anyway private schools aren't an option for us we that's why we have our 24 fund What's a 24 fund? I swear I've told you about this. No, you haven't. Okay, yeah, because I feel you'd really remember this. Okay, so when we kind of thought, we're not going to be able to send our kids to private schools, and maybe we don't want to anyway, but we think back on our lives and our careers and, like, when we needed the most help. Because this is the other thing. Remember when we went to private school, it was like, we didn't appreciate what we would had been given education-wise. We were such brats. We just kind of took it for granted. Definitely. And, that, and that's kind of goes part and parcel maybe with a private school education is that you just think, oh, this is great. But when we look back on our young life, we both circled in on 24 being a really pivotal age for us. That's when we both knew where we wanted to specialize, what we wanted to do and where in the world we needed to be to pursue that. So we came up with our 24 fund. So instead of sending our kids to private school, we put a certain amount of money away every tax time for our kids. Isla has an account. Teddy has an account. They don't know about it and they won't know about it until they're older. And when they turn 24, we're going to give them this money to pursue whatever it is that they specialize in. I love this. I think it's such a good idea because I think back to 24 as well and well, actually, 24, I was on Neighbours. Um, so I was... Okay, we already know I, that you're a unique special alien, whatever your visa was called. An extraordinary alien. one visa. But no, it's a really solid and fair point because let's be honest, most kids come out of school and they don't know what the fuck they want to do with their lives That's right. yet. That's right. I mean, I took a gap year after high school. Best thing I ever did. Yeah. And then I took a second gap year, actually, in my late 20s, yeah. which I loved. Um, highly recommend, by the way, before oh. you settle down and get married and have kids. Like, Definitely. Just go with wild abandon and explore the world, burn all the cash you have, and then you can come home <laughs> and be super sensible Sandy and start saving for whatever life you dream of. Why not 21 or 22? Because generally speaking, most kids go through the school system and then straight after go through the uni system or into an internship, which then brings them to around 21, 22 years of age where they're sort of entering a new stage of life. Yeah. Why 24? We feel this is when you're like cresting maturity, like 25 is when you really have to start thinking about getting your shit together, right? So 24 is like you've still got all the dreamer in you and you probably at that point have an idea of where you'd like to specialize if you're lucky. 
So just say Teddy wants to be an interior designer and he wants to go to Stockholm because that's where interior design is happening and he needs to go to the Stockholm interior design school. Say he gets into that school. This money could pay the tuition fee, help him get an apartment to set up in Mm. and have a bit of cash to like pursue that dream because that's the hardest part about when you arrive at your dream or when you know what you want to specialize in and you really know what your calling is and what you want to do. Often you've kind of burnt through all the times when you had to call on help and support or you know grants or yeah 24 you can't be like hey mum and dad I've got this new welfare or I want to apply for that you know like at 24 people like go get a fucking job yeah you know get on with it but if there's something that you want to do and you want to study or you want to focus on something it can be really unachievable so we think this is like a moment in time where having this support under you could be life-changing I love it. Like, I should have gone to New York when I was 24. Definitely. I should have gone to New York and I should have studied at Tisch. Like, that's what I should have done. And it's a regret that, whatever, I was afforded so much opportunity and privilege. I cannot complain, you know, and I did with it everything I could do. And I'm happy with where my life is at. But that's what I should have done if I really wanted to pursue what I should have done. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Graham feels the same. He should have gone to L.A. and he should have gone to film school in America. And then he, you know, he would have been in a different path. So... This is kind of the life lesson we want to take from our experience and give to our children. It might not be right. And you're right. Maybe we should be flexible on the age. It might be that Isla at 22 is a promising equestrian (laughs) and that she needs to go to England and do that or whatever. Babe, that's not going to (laughs) happen. I know that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. That's just not like you live in an apartment in Manly Corso. Like we are nowhere near any (laughs) horse paddocks. It's just that was left field and I love you for it. Is this a secret dream of yours? What, that I listen to equestrian? Yeah. No, I was just trying to think of a specific job that needs equipment and a specific place in the world where you have to do it. Oh, brilliant. 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 It's our little offering because we don't feel like we can provide private school for them, that that is like a version of an opportunity. But you know what's interesting for me? Because I know you and Graham so well. I know how significant 24 was for both of you. Yeah. Whereas I think for me, and again, we all just go off our own experiences like we know know. that our kids are going to be exactly where we were at 24. Like we have no fucking idea. The world could have been swallowed by a black hole by the time they're 24. Exactly. (laughs) Again, as parents, we're so good at forward projecting. Whereas for me, from the from the experience of my own life is 27 and 28 would be a better option. Saturn's return. Saturn's return. Dear listeners, if you don't know what Saturn's return is, now we know that we're both not fully woo-woo, but we have touches of woo-woo, but I love Saturn's return. It's when Saturn is back where it was when you were born. And it's supposed to be a moment in life where everything gets thrown into flux and you kind of question what you're up to and what you're doing and what you should be doing with your life. And it can really throw people into disarray. Yeah, but it's also a fork in the road where it either solidifies where you are at in your life. So some people might be with a partner from their 20s and then they hit 27 and 28 and they go, yeah, this is locked in. This is what I want. But it's a fork in the road where you basically have to make a decision to commit to your life as it currently stands or to make a huge shift and change. And at 28 for me, my God, it was like a bomb was dropped on my life and I had to pivot massively. And for me, that came in the form of a breakdown of a relationship. That's when I really could have done with like a 28 fund. (laughs) (laughs) 
didn't need it at 24, but at 28, like I feel like there's a maturity that comes with your late 20s because everything is happening later in life now. Like people are having children later. People are finding their careers later. Everyone wants to travel more. Like we are part of Generation Me where we're a little bit selfish. We all think we're a little bit special. (laughs) We put everything off that requires us to be selfless Mm. for as long as we can. So... I don't know. For my money, I think late 20s is a better time. But it's not money for a mortgage, settling down, setting up. That's not what it's for. But that's not what I'm saying it's for. Okay. I still think there is so much to be pursued at 28. I actually think it's a second wave that comes. I know you were a child bride and you did everything early. But if you take the sample of our friendship group, most of them got married in their 30s. Yeah. So there's a window in your late 20s where huge change happened. Like some of them met the loves of their lives and some of them, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking about friends who really needed a change to have the courage to get out of the situation Mm. they were in. in Like you're adult enough to go, oh, I've come down this road and it doesn't feel right, but is it too late to pivot at this point? And if you were given some cash, I'm not saying put it towards a mortgage, but maybe it would give some people the courage to step away from the current situation they're in rather than locking themselves into a situation that they thought they wanted. But I also think when you're cresting 30, like that shit, you just have to work that out yourself. Do you know what I mean like I can't you can't have an airbag for your kids at all these stages of life that are difficult that they're gonna have to go through do you know what I mean like yeah I agree but I don't know maybe 24 feels reckless for me (laughs) reckless yes you'd like done your study by then I look back at 24 year old Jem and I was still so naive and immature with the choices that I made yeah I mean I have no regrets but I feel like I would have been really irresponsible with a bucket of cash you never you would not you would have like invested 10% and put 25% in savings and put this bit away for tax and then put that on tuition and this is my living money and this is my clothes money you would have divided it all up into special little hidey holes in your bank account how dare you know me so well how dare you yeah you don't get away with that I would be reckless thing with me Anyway, I guess we've solved nothing, but we've <laughs> we've had a good hash out of it. I think we've agreed we want the girls at girls' schools and the boys at co-ed. How did we get here so quickly from daycare? I don't know. God, we get deep. So, Revzy. Yeah. It's that time in the potty. Yeah. Do you have a hashtag not sponsored for me? <gasps> okay, mine's a bit of a U-turn for me, but yeah. it's something really important and will make everyone feel really good. Hit me with it. Everyone should go out and donate blood. Yes, yes. Great message. We've all been at home a lot more lately. There's a lot less reason to leave the house, but there are still car accidents happening. People are still giving birth. People still have cancer. They still need blood and plasma. And actually the stores have fallen really low. They're about two days behind in having enough blood for people who need it. Oh God. Particularly O positive and A positive blood types they need and plasma. So. Oh my God, we can't have a shortage of that. We cannot. Not in this country. We are so lucky with the incredible health services we have. So we need to keep those blood and plasma stocks high. So if you go to at lifeblood au you can find your nearest donation place you get a cookie you get a text when your blood is given to someone so you feel extra good really yes they text you and let you know what your blood's gone which hospital that whole thing it's lovely and we all need to be helping each other out at this time so that's my hashtag not sponsored at lifeblood au 
Love it, Rebsy. Good one. What's yours, my darling? Well, mine feels a little bit trivial now. Well, of course it does, because well, I'm saving lives. And what are you giving us? Tupperware? Back to capitalism and consumerism <laughs> and encouraging people to spend money on crap. Hey, we can do both. But... It's helpful crap. It's crap that will keep mum sane. Okay. So we know that I don't like mess. I just don't do mess. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that at all. So mm-hmm. I've gone down a rabbit hole of finding the best crafternoon activities. Wait, what? Hear me out because I don't think you're going to be that impressed. Okay. <laughs> they are activities that I would put under the craft umbrella but okay. produce minimal mess. <laughs> And it's from my favorite kids boutique. It's a small business run by a mum, but she's absolutely smashing it. It's called Daisy and Hen. It's located in Adelaide, but they are huge online. And they have the biggest collection of things like movable sticker books, where it's almost like a diorama in a book. And then you have all these animals and you stick them and they're re-stickable. Oh, cool. Because Raph goes through stickers like Iggy goes through nappies. Like, it's just like I can't keep up with her collection of stickers. I know. When did stickers become not special? I feel like when I was a kid, I got a pack of stickers. It was fucking special. You know, I hoarded those. I saved them for a special place. Yeah. And now my kids get stickers and like, ah, let's stick it everywhere. Stick it on my arm. Stick it on my leg. Stick it on the back of the car. And the whole respect for stickers. I know. And then they're all gone in a nanosecond. I'm like, this is not cool. So kids these days. Movable sticker playbooks. Highly recommend. But then they also have these painting pens where you paint with water. Hmm. No mess. Sounds fun. No, it, shut up. <laughs> I knew you were going to judge this. But it it's that magic paper where it reveals the colours oh, yeah, cool. underneath. And then the paper dries and then you can reuse it. So oh, good cool. for the environment. Yeah, love wonderful. a reusable anything. Yes, love it. But yeah, highly recommend you check out Daisy and Hen just because they have the biggest range of this stuff and you can batch buy a bunch of things. I've done it with Rafa before. It makes my life so much easier, especially on a Friday when she's at home with me and it's raining because let's be honest, we've had the worst summer on record (laughs) in Australia. It's just been rain, rain and rain again. And they have saved me. Cue the outro. Oh, by the way, I'm about to have my period. I'm going to stick a keep cup up there. I thought you'd like an update. (laughs) It's going to be my first time. It's not a keep cup. Oh, you know what I mean. A reusable period. All I can think about is a freaking keep cup full of your period. Okay. And me sipping on it like it's a latte. Well, that's your shit. You went there. It's just a little cup I'm going to keep to catch my blood. Okay, but it's called a period cup or the brand that I love is Better Cup. Hashtag not sponsored. But I'm very excited about this. I just can't wait to see if I can get it in and out, you know? Getting in is the easy part. It's the getting out part that's a bit of a mission. Rock and roll. Get ready to go fishing. (laughs) One of these days we'll have an outro to a podcast. I feel like I've got to do a flourish. I don't have to, do I? Why are you looking at me like that? End the podcast.